All right, it's Monday, December 30th, 2019. I'm Dan Broskell here with Dave Geller at Lex Media, Lexington, Massachusetts, for season one, episode two, Dave, of the What Do We Know podcast. Uh, in retrospect, I think we named last week's podcast Origin Story, because why not? And uh, I think there's some options for today, including uh, this is either a wintry mix, because it's a wintry mix outside, or it's the end of the decade podcast, which could be cool too. Um, or, I like this one perhaps for reasons that we'll see in a few minutes, a lot can happen between now and never. So that's my introduction for you, Dave. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm going to throw out a fourth name. Yep. What, Origins Pat Dukes. Okay. We're going to probably scrap that <laughs> right. name, but thanks for the, thanks for the suggestion. Uh, any reflections on last week, Dave? We had some time to get over uh, and listen to you know last week's production. Um, I've listened to it a few times. I really enjoyed it. I know you listened to it less than a few times, but how'd you feel about it? I really enjoyed it. That was a, it was a nice time. Felt comfortable. I enjoyed spending time with you and Julie in the studio. All right. So, I mean, I, did, I, I will say that uh, I think last Monday night I was at the gym and was listening to it, and I literally was laughing out loud. So either it was really funny, or I just think that we're funny <laughs> and we're not that funny. So who knows? We'll go with both. We'll go with both. Uh, last day of Hanukkah, Dave. Any any final Hanukkah thoughts for? Fifty-seven, eighty. No, it was a great. It's a. It's a. It was a great holiday. At least for us, it was a great time with the family. A lot of reflections. I hope that it's a good year for everybody coming up. Lots of light in the new year. A lot of light. A festival of lights. Uh, anything? And tell me three things that you did last week that people would find exciting. Exciting. Yeah. Hmm. Went to drove back and forth to Maine in one day. That was okay. good. Spent a lot of time with. The, Jen's family for the holiday. Excellent. Two got our Nintendo Switch in the mail. Oh wow! That was a, that was a final night of Hanukkah present. Is that for you? Or is that for your daughter? Well, I think it was more for my daughter. But now that I'm seeing how it works, it, I'm looking forward to getting some of the old classic Nintendo games o- online. So it might be more for me. And three, I witnessed my first Hatch Animals hatch this morning with Madison. Wow. It's a fun toy. That's a full week. It's a fun toy. If you were going to list, Dave, like your top three classic Nintendo games, what would be on that list? Mm, Donkey Kong. Yeah. Mario Brothers. Mm -hmm. The first one, I assume. The first one. Good, good. And Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Punch-Out. Yeah. I think I would go with uh, Mario and then RBI Baseball. And then maybe Sonic. Maybe Sonic mm-hmm. the Hedgehog, which they're coming out with the movie about, or no, they already it's did. It's going to be a great I movie. Will not be seeing, but I'm still okay. waxing nostalgic for my old um, Odyssey, Magnavox Odyssey video game, which was part of the triumvirate of the Atari in television and yeah. Odyssey. I'm not sure which one you played, but I still actually have my Odyssey Magnavox in the basement. I bring it up once in a while. Well, I still have the Game Boy Color, um, which I use like once a year just to like make sure I remember the Mario shortcuts. And guess what? I kind of still do. So there we go. Uh, three things for my week. Uh, I learned a couple things this week, right? I learned that uh, in, in Dighton, Massachusetts, there's a, a rock they found with petroglyphs, which they don't know what they mean. There's a great mystery. And you can go see the petroglyphs in Dighton. Could um, you spell petroglyph for me? Yeah, P-E-T-R-O-G-L-Y-P-H-S, right? So that's cool. Maybe we can crack that code together. Um, my son did something very funny, uh, which you might find, you know, uh, amusing. Um, I leave my phone downstairs every night to charge. I think my wife does too. We encourage our boys to do the same. And then the other day, he uh, he he plugged in his phone to charge downstairs, and it, as it turns out, he actually plugged in the case 
and brought the phone upstairs to try to be sneaky about it. And we're like, what are you doing? And then we made sure the phone was relocated downstairs. I really enjoyed that. Was the case charged? The case Ad- was, adequately? The case was fully charged. So your uh, phone, so when I, so your phone is downstairs at nighttime. Absolutely. So when I'm texting you late at night to ask you about something such as the topic for the show, yeah, yeah. you can't answer. Right. Well, I might see it on my watch, but um, oh, watch me. I'll also be Apple charging. You know, so I'm, I'm, you know, wearable tech, you know, talk about that later. Uh, other thing I, I did this week, Dave, is I did some hot yoga with you uh, on Saturday that night. That was a good was night. My good wife night. and I went to LPY, did some yoga. It was very hot. Um, I was suffering, although not as much as I thought I would with the heat and the, uh, and the exercises. But the best part... As I said to you afterwards, you know, towards the end of the class is when we're lying there sort of relaxing. And then um, we got to use the the cold towel over the eyes. Yes. And the cold towel was sort of soaked. I think it was lavender and eucalyptus. And I felt so refreshed. And it's sort of this great metaphor for, like, no matter how stressed you are or how weary you are, like, relief could be just right next to you. You don't even know about it. So The relief could be me The relief could be you. Dave. Who, could be lavender or eucalyptus. Who, who, who knows? Who was the yoga teacher that uh, night? I think it was Jen, uh, Jen T. Geller, if Jen I'm not mistaken. Jen T. Geller, yes. That was pretty awesome. Actually, during that, during that eucalyptus, lavender, towel, over eyes moment, I had a little dissociation of my body, I think. I, uh, I went somewhere else for a while, came back. And saw you across the room. Very nice. Welcome back. We were not close to each other, Dave, but we were actually wearing the same color outfit, which was very amusing. So we did not plan our outfits in advance. Um, you go to the gym last week? You work out last week, Dave? I did. I did. Went twice. I What'd you do? <laughs> I pumped it up. Oh, okay, <laughs> I don't. I don't actually break down the, the the workout too much. I've been doing the same workout I think since I was in in college. You know, you're supposed to mix it up once in a while, but I just can't get away from it. All right. Okay. Good stuff. Um, anybody not following gym etiquette when you were there? I have a little. I have. I'm, I have a little problem with people who don't follow gym etiquette. It's kind of like when you speaking about video games. When you go to the arcade and, and there's the rule that you put your quarter on the machine, you get next game. I think there's some there's some rules that that uh, inherently should be followed at the gym. Can you just give one of them right now before we get put, come back to this later? I think you can save. I don't think you can save your bench or your or your workout equipment by placing your hat or your towel or your you cannot you cannot with your phone there and you and you leave for 15 20 minutes so that's no no i think i think that if you walk away for an extended period of time i think someone else should be should be able to use that equipment so what's the cap like 30 seconds 60 seconds 90 seconds i think you should be you you should be within distance of your equipment you know i think you should go for a walk have you ever gotten into an altercation about that because it wouldn't surprise me (laughs) they always said said something funny about it hey way to save the bench with a with a with a phone there I usually I usually try to try to uh, usurp the machine with humor versus versus aggression. Uh, aggression because you never know you know someone you know the state of mind they may be in at doing a workout they may be a little bit more pumped you know pumped up emotionally than than they than they ought to be so yeah no I've I've had my interactions over the years with um with things like that do you see are there, I mean when I go to the gym I, I see you know I'm gonna say kids right I'm gonna say you know anybody between the ages of you know 13 and, and 19 in the gym like they go. Um, is there a younger clientele that goes to BSC or is it really older folks? I think there's a mix. I think there's a lot of, um, I think the high school kids, a lot of the high school kids will go to the Hayden actually. Um, yep. although maybe more people are going to lifetime now. Yep. Uh, but there's a, there's definitely a good, good bunch of, um, like high school, older high schoolers, college kids who come home and they're yep. there. No, it's actually a nice mix and it's, it's nice to see them there in a, in a, in a, in a uh, it's, it's a nice, um, variety of people working out. And actually nice to see people that I know as well. Sure. So I have a question. This is, unpacking some medical mythology which i'm sure you can help us with so you know there's a lot of mothers old wives tales about you know you kids shouldn't be working out kids shouldn't be lifting weights until they're x 
because it's bad for them. So can you just give us some perspective about, you know, is, is lifting weights bad for kids? Should they be doing bodyweight exercises until age, whatever? At what point should they be actually be trying to exert themselves and get bigger? You know, what, what's your sense of, of the science behind that? They've actually asked some statements put out by various organizations, such as the sports medicine, you know, pediatric sports medicine um, organizations. And I mean, just generally, it's actually okay to lift weights. The the party line is not to go too heavy, not to be maxing out, because there there is a theoretical risk if during your growing time, your growth plates, if they're too stressed out, that they actually may stop growing. Mm-hmm. So you could stunt your growth. Possibly, it's it's not totally um, you know uh, verified, but there are there are risks of that. So so the recommendation really is I'm not not saying that an eight year old should be working out, but they could be. Uh, but definitely a growing adolescent, as long as they're they're doing. Um, exercise repetitions not for max then that's actually safe and and it actually is helpful for the for the growing adolescent to strengthen their muscles their tendons um as well as stretching out so it's actually okay uh, I, my recommendation usually is if you can't do it eight to ten times then you should go lower weight all right that's really helpful actually um do you see kids who just get injured because they are working too hard Oh, definitely. There's um. I actually think I think back to when I was when we were younger in high school when when it was all about um, how much you could lift and especially for for training for sports like as foot such as football at high schools um, where there was all about squatting and benching and, yep. and deadlifting high amounts of weight. I mean, there were definitely injuries then, and there are definitely injuries now. Um, are the injuries worse now because kids are pushing themselves more? Or is it sort of the same stuff in a different generation? I think it's the same stuff in a different generation. I, actually, I think that we're finding for our, our generation, older generations maybe, that are getting into things such as CrossFit or mm-hmm. like really high-intensity um, workouts, which can be really good if done correctly, there had, has led to more injuries that you wouldn't expect, knee injuries, back injuries from, you know, from overuse and from really pushing yourself hard. I assume kids should not be doing CrossFit when they're developing. Would that, would that be your sense of it as well? Or? I don't have a good. I wouldn't. Yeah. I don't have a good, a good information on that. I think that they could do something like it, um, but just not too too high intensity. You know, I think that. Um, and what we're finding now, it's 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 really the, instead of going to the gym for maybe two hours or going for a long run, which we we've both enjoyed at times, you can get actually the same benefit, if not more, from doing a little bit more high intensity workout for a shorter time. Um, but yeah, I think that, that kids who are, it's, it's actually the same kind of thing where a growing adolescent, um, high intensity workout could be just as bad as, um, lifting too much weight. Interesting. I know that I was listening to the podcast that Wall Street Journal has called the future of everything. They're working on an exercise pill, which really, which mimics the, you know, the chemical, you know, endorphins that you get from exercise and might trick your body into thinking that it's exercising and then burn calories, um, you know, accordingly. If that's really true or going to happen, who knows? I certainly am pro-exercise. Another question, which is somewhat related, you know, which we talk about, you know, with kids and with with high school athletics, um, and maybe you can think about as well from either a philosophical perspective or a medical perspective, is that we're also seeing kids who are specializing in sports at a much younger age. So you'll see kids who are playing baseball and basketball and soccer and then in third grade, declare their major and just stop playing everything and just do soccer year-round or basketball year-round because of whatever factors they feel are compelling or their parents feel are compelling. Uh, I'm going to assume that that's bad for you. Um, I could be wrong, Dr. Geller. Now, how do you feel about that? Well, I think that any repetitive motion over time is bad for you. It could be from shoving the driveway to playing tennis to throwing, you know, throwing a baseball. And I think that if your body is used to just doing one thing all the time and not utilizing other muscles and, again, your, your tendons aren't working in different ways, then it actually can be 
detrimental. I think one of the things now I think that's helpful is the different workouts that people are doing along with exercise that is is like cross training. So that may, they might be specializing on exercise, but there's a lot more variation in fitness uh, routines now, especially that 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 you know kids adults are doing which may stimulate your body in different ways and lead to better overall health and fitness but yet yeah, i think that over you same same one exercise i mean in the old days like we were you know there were a lot of three sport athletes right. and and i think that's that's definitely a good thing and i think people should should do that i mean you know we see a lot of kids who run cross country run indoor track mm-hmm. run outdoor track and and they, and they enjoy it they love it but it can lead to more injuries when you're doing that same thing over and over again you're talking to a guy that just clocked his 365th run of 2019 so i think i definitely run too much so, so there we go um but you know, i think you know when, when you're running there's you know quality miles when you're really pushing yourself and there's just sort of maintenance miles you're just yep. doing and i can run half an hour like asleep and just feel like i haven't accomplished anything and i haven't pushed myself too hard and that's probably fine versus doing sprints and interval workouts 52 weeks a year which probably isn't good for your muscles or your achilles or your fascia or whatever it is what's your what's your longest runs of runs in days how many days have you run straight what do you mean you know, a year straight. Oh, yeah, take a day I don't off. know. I mean, I think I ran once, like two years in a row. Um, and you know, as you know, Dave, I'm kind of a pathologically obsessed runner. So if I miss a run, I, I have to make it up at some point. I want to hit 365 each year. Um, you know, this year I probably missed eight or nine days and had to double up in other days. But even so, I mean, there, there are years when I've run fewer days and run more miles because um, I think this year I've had st- struggled to find time to run more. So, you know, if I exceed 2,000K in a year, it's been a good year. Uh, I did this year. And uh, let's make it, let's let, let's set a goal of, of uh, 2,222K for next year. It's what's pro- probably your, achievable. What's, what's the least amount you would run on a day to consider it a run? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, 15 minutes, you know, or like 1.8, you know, or 3K is probably, you know, the minimum I would accept. But even so, like, I know that just running like not pushing yourself for 15 minutes doesn't really accomplish anything, hmm. but at least it makes my brain feel better that I did it. So, you know, again, this is not based in science or, or conditioning. Just, I just need to do it. Or if I don't run, ask uh, my wife, I just run into a grumpus. So do you ever just jog in place to get it done? Never. No, no. I can't. I know that you've done that. I can't do that. No, no. I run around in small circles many, <laughs> many times. There was once that there was some, I forgot who it was, some runner that, you know, um, was you know you know elite athlete and couldn't get outside and literally just ran in front of his washer and dryer oh, yeah. for ninety minutes. I can totally see doing that. I totally can't see it. It's like pool running, you know, which I guess is good for rehab. But I, I you know, have I you ever run in the pool? Uh, in short intervals, I would say I have, and I'm like, nope, don't like it. So I don't know. No, I think my I think Jen, my wife, who ran many marathons when she was rehabbing herself, she ran run in the pool for hours. Get a little pruny there. But hours. Well, that's all right. Um, yeah, so I think uh, you know I, when I when people ask, nobody asks me. But when I see kids who are specializing or declaring a sports major at nine, I'm just, I just sort of say to, and I wonder to myself, you know, what's the best case scenario for this kid in the end? Is this mm-hmm. kid really a D one athlete? Like you don't always know when they're nine or ten. Usually you have an indication, you know. So you know, for folks that are paying for you know club sports and specialization in fourth grade, I'm just like, is it really what? That's not what I want to be doing. I'm going to expect a lot of those kids who declare yeah. major and end up not 
you know, sustaining that participation as I get older. Yeah, that's true. And also I say, listen, Tom Brady didn't play football until he was a ninth grader. So you know what? You can sometimes wait and still get that benefit. But of course, there's, there's only one Tom Brady. Well, there's all, there's all this pressure to start early, right? And yeah. we all started. I didn't start playing soccer in high school until I was playing soccer until I was in seventh grade. But that was because we didn't have soccer in Maine until seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of people who start late and do very, very well. And actually, some of the later you start, like doing podcasts at this point in our lives, the better you do. But was Alan Rickman wasn't in the movie until he was 40, I think, when he was in Die Hard. So there you go. Maybe you can just wait. Good holiday movie. Really? Good. I've just had an image right. of him falling right. so the, falling through the sky. That's so amazing. Qu- question for everybody, because my wife said to me the other night when Die Hard was on on Christmas, she goes, why is this a Christmas movie? And I've been following the years of, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Is Die Hard not a Christmas movie? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say yes, just because I think the Christmas element to Die Hard and Die Hard 2 is just like such a part of the plot. Julie, do you think Die Hard's a Christmas movie? Yes, because they have a huge office Christmas party, and that's a big part of the plot. And and uh, they chose to, you know, do that on they meaning Alan Rickman and his team purposely Hans, chose to you can do, call him Hans. Hans, thank you. <laughs> chose to do that on Christmas on purpose yeah. when everybody would be distracted. Hmm. Dave, yes, no, Christmas movie, Die Hard, Die Hard too. I would I would go with Christmas movie theme. Yeah, holiday party, the time of year. Actually, although whenever when I when I imagine Bruce Willis running across the floor and there's bare feet in the broken glass, I know it's they're, right. not, they're not they're not ornaments, but I kind of think they're of it like that. They're not ornaments. <laughs> <laughs> the glass element is underappreciated factor of the Christmas. I mean, or it not could Christmas. be any type of office party, though, and you still could have had that movie. Whereas if you look You're at right. true Christmas mo- movies like Christmas Vacation, where the plot is all centered around decorating Fair. and holiday things. Fair. Like, that has to be a Christmas movie. And Home Alone, for example, right? <laughs> right. The only thing about Die Hard 1, before I give you 30 seconds on Die Hard 2, which has befuddled critics for years, is there's there, when the guy's watching a college football game in the lobby, it's a, it's famously, allegedly, a, a, a USC versus Notre Dame college mm. football game. And given the, can, the caliber of those two programs, there's just no chance they'd actually be playing on Thanksgiving. But that's like a that's a really dorky... Interesting. Criticism of Die Hard, because it's a great movie, I find. Die Hard 2, underrated sequel. I really enjoyed Die Hard 2. Um, and I remember, I remember like so vividly, I saw like a, a 10 o'clock p.m. showing of that movie on the way to Niagara Falls with my parents in like 1989 in Ithaca. And I just remember going. Remind me, remind me of the, the theme of that. Die Hard. Uh, it's 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 the the it's at Dulles Airport and there's a snowstorm. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And, yep. and that's a good and one. The guy is gonna save the drug the drug cartel yep. guy by yep. landing the plane and then his wife's in the plane and blah 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 blah. But it's pretty good. It's a pretty solid sequel in the sequel department. Um, so I have to say I, I I did see Vacation, but I did not see Christmas Vacation. Some of those. Oh, it's se- so those, good. Is it good? Some of those it's sequels great. just don't just don't do it for me. Like Meatballs and Meatballs Two. We can do the sequel thing right now if you want. Talking about great sequels, I'm, I'm game. Well, I was going to do either either you know the best movies of the of the 2000s. The best movies Ooh, of the 2000s. That's to me, that's stretch. like mo- most of the movies I've seen have been really in the 2000s. I don't know if I can even extract. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to like say to myself, I mean, the decade I couldn't do because I haven't seen that many movies this decade. But great movies since 2000. I, I didn't even do a list. Um, if I had to guess what I would say the best movie of the 2000s is, I'd probably say it was The Dark Knight, which was an unbelievable movie. You know, the second new Batman movie. Which and I, probably one of the most successful in terms of revenue earned, I just think at the box you know, office. That movie, like when you know, when you see it, you just know 
how ridiculous it is and how amazing it is. And it has held up, as has Batman Begins, I think Dark Knight Rises, like, eh, you know. Um, but that's an all-time great sequel. Die Hard 2 is a great sequel. There are there many great sequels. Dave, do you have other favorite sequels out there? I don't have a lot of favorite sequels. I have a lot of unfavorite sequels. Oh, that's good, too. What's well, been a terrible sequel, right? Caddyshack 2. Caddyshack 2. <laughs> Meat, meatballs 2. <laughs> I think I saw Meatballs 2. Um <laughs> Julie, have you seen Meatballs, famous camp movie? Yes, right, but I didn't it. see two. Yeah, I think we probably didn't miss that much. Um, the problem with movies now is every movie has to have a sequel, even if one isn't necessary, you know? Uh, have you seen Frozen 2? I have seen Frozen 2. I have not seen I Frozen 2. I have not two. seen it yet, but I want to. So, Was it good, Dan? You know, I saw it uh, opening weekend because I'm, I'm a smart dad and planned in advance. Um, I'll say the following about Frozen 2. I think the music is probably about the same hmm. I think the plot is a lot more complicated I think I fell asleep once but not because it was boring because I was really tired when we saw it in the morning um, I think my kids or my girls all said it was way better than the first okay if I was a if I was a if I, if I had to cast a vote though, I'd probably say the first one was better but that's yeah. a good that's, review it from it wasn't yeah. bad it, was, it, it wasn't, it, it it wasn't was, I mean balls. I would say it's worth seeing we bought the soundtrack we listened to it all, all the time um, and um, you know I just think that the, the, there's no there's no comp to let it go I think they, I know. they tried to mimic it in a couple songs I said you can't do that don't do that again I have to say that one of my favorite sequels was Angry Birds 2 I mean, I, I laughed out loud at that movie in the theater. I don't go to see movies in the theater very much. And I saw that movie in the theater. Very yes. funny. And I ran home and then I rented Angry Birds. They've made two Angry Birds? And I would recommend seeing them. Didn't see either. Um, yeah, there's a lot of movies I feel like we don't need that they make. You know, well, like that's certainly true. I think one of the best sequels ever is The Godfather Part Two. Uh, oof, there oof. we go. That's a, that oh, yeah. is that is the hot that is the that is a standard take, which I certainly agree with. It's an incredible movie. It's long. Um, every scene is important. So yes. actually, I would certainly agree with you. The Godfather Two is has held up as probably the best sequel of all time. And um, how about Rocky Two? Yeah. Oof. Well, you're you good. Know, you're prepared. The the Rocky thing I could do for hours. You know, I think. If I was going to rank the Rocky movies, just on like impact, just go for it. impact to self, not quality of film. I mean, I grew up and Rocky Four was like I was eight. Sure. We saw it on my second grade birthday. Sure. We were all jumping up and down, chanting Rocky. Sure. We Absolutely. Knew we Actually, the funny story is we had gone to see Iron Eagle, Ooh, but I think for one. some reason it was at the wrong time or it was sold out, so we were redirected to Rocky Four at the old Assembly Square Theater. Okay. And we were really excited. So Rocky Four was Dolph. Rocky Four was Drago and yeah. Dolph, right? And that was great. So Rocky Four is fabulous. Rocky, the original Rocky is great, but you realize how little boxing is actually in it. And Sly, you know, I think he won the Oscar for best actor and director. director I think I he think. also or wrote script. it, which is yeah. unbelievable. So way to go. Two is fine. Three was whatever. Five, don't don't see it. Um, the other one, Rocky Balboa, don't see it. Creed was incredible, mm-hmm. and Creed Two was just like it was. It wasn't as good as Creed. But I think my top, my favorite two are Rocky Four and Creed. Creed's an incredible movie, and I can watch it all the time and be happy. Which wow. one? Creed, Dave. I have I have seen Creed. Yeah, which which Rocky movie did you walk out kind of boxing on the way out, like re- probably re- all, re- ready to go? Probably all. <laughs> no, the the movie that had that that had that impact on me was Karate Kid. Hmm. So I saw them like, okay. oh, I'm going to be Karate Kid. And I took karate lessons for a month, and I was like, nope, I'm not going to be that guy. So I took karate lessons too. Yeah. But I was, I was actually I, – I, I withdrew from my dojo due to embarrassment because I 
got a little overzealous during one of the workouts, and I cracked my sensei's sheetrock wall with my back. What? And he said, you must be more careful. And I was so embarrassed. I, Is that a true story? True story. How I, old were you? I, I was um, high, junior junior high school. Probably. <laughs> what? I, no, yeah, junior junior senior high school. The other thing is 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 I I, I like to say that I was a black belt, or actually a brown belt, but actually because my white belt was just so dirty. Uh, and and John, Mr. Sensei Jenkins told me that I needed to respect my gi more and wash it. So another another hit to, to hit to my ego. You're like I'm out. I'm, not, I'm, <laughs> I'm out. Not doing laundry. Gonna, gonna wash my gonna wash my gi. I broke your wall. I'm done. Oh my gosh. The, I mean, wow. So the, the last the last I think the next movie that really needs a sequel. Uh, you know, Wonder Woman two is coming out, which I'm very excited about. Really? Oh yeah, I think it's coming out. Next. Do you see the preview? It's set in 1984, and the preview is all this like 80s music and like 80s sort of washed feel to the to the shooting so check out the ww2 um you know preview that's coming and i'm just i'm waiting for moana too because that's going to be that that, i I have expectations for that i I mean i'm sure it's somewhere on someone's cow i haven't seen it but moana was tremendous i really enjoyed it so i'm looking forward to uh you know maui and, and moana back together again but that's just me cool um back to the future back to the future yeah yeah uh on the list of things that we did not get for Hanukkah, Dave, or that I did not buy my kids for Hanukkah, is is a dog. So, Ooh. so everyone, some people know, now everyone knows that I get asked daily for two things. My wife and I get asked daily for two things: uh, either a baby brother, which is not going to happen. Oh my God! Don't they have enough yeah, over right. there? Or a, or a dog? And I am the guy who says no to the dog. So I'm, I'm willing. You know, and every time I almost. Want to get a dog and say yes? I just remind myself: Do I really want more things to take care of? The answer is probably no. So I think you know. I think I always say we're, we're never going to get a dog. Um, you know, the great line is a lot can happen between now and never. So who knows? But you no, know, Dave, what do you think? Should I get a dog or not? Well, you're talking to someone who grew up with at least two dogs yeah. and five cats in his house at all times. Yeah. In Maine, and we have since in Massachusetts had at least one, if not two, dogs. Yep. I'm a, and, and my disclaimer is I've been bitten by dogs at least twice in place in not good places, and I still have you been bitten more times in other in okay places. <laughs> <laughs> there's a nip and there's, okay. a, and there's a bite. Um, I think dogs are great to have as pets, yeah. the right dogs. Um, and what kind of dog should I have then? Because uh, I have an idea. What, what's your idea? I, w- I want you to finish. I want you to tell me what you think I should get. I'm, I'm a I like labs. Boxers, they don't get too too big. I think a, a, a small dog, not not to stereotype them as yippy, might be a little bit tough to, to negotiate initially. But mm-hmm. they but they turn into great dogs. I avoid dogs that could be a little bit aggressive. Um, but uh, can all dogs not be aggressive? That's a good point. If, tra- if, if trained correctly and brought up correctly, people say that all dogs um, are, are great pets. But I think some dogs have inherently a little bit of a aggressive streak in them but i think that uh i think a, i think a boxer or, or a boxer mixed with something like a, a lab is a great dog what about a husky husky huskies, huskies interest me conceptually so we had we our first dog between jen and i was a, a, a lab husky mix and that was a great dog mally unfortunately though she had a little bit more husky in her than lab so during the summer months we would actually pluck handfuls of, of um, fur off of her and 
when we were living when I was living in med school in my apartment, we basically had had, had Mally tumbleweeds rolling around from all the fur flying around. So Husky's shed. Huskies shed a okay, lot. Okay, I, I don't need that. Your house would be great for like shedding. You could you know, <laughs> what? Be great for, you could create like another like little soft chair with all that fur well, for I'm your family for room. Uh, so you think I should get a dog? I, I would I I would get a dog. Ju- you get a dog for me? I, actually, I'm, I'm Julie. Yes or no? I'm gonna Google it right now and shop around for you. Oh, this is a tough tough question. <laughs> we, we, would, would you rather we, baby brother? We, we <laughs> won't we won't hold it to you. How about a baby brother riding a dog? There we go. Uh, yeah. Um, baby New Year. It's a tough question because I I know that you have a great family and you have great responsible kids who would take care of it. Um, but I also know you've got a lot of people in your family, a lot of different ages. And for me, I agree with you that it's it's a lot of extra work. But if your kids heard me right now, they <laughs> would not be very happy. So you're going between yeah. making your kids happy and what you know is going to be yeah, a lot of extra work. And the other thing, sorry, anyway, the other thing is, is that you can eventually down the road get one. It's not like, well, if you don't get it now, then you can never get it. You know, maybe when your youngest enters middle school or something like that, you can delay. I'm the a great delay arrival. With this yeah, <laughs> I think that's a that's a, a big point. Is kids often will say, "We will take care of that dog. We will help with that dog. We will walk that dog," and they never do. Um, oh, make no mistake. When I'm but, up at six in the morning, I'll be the one walking the dog. But but no, I knowing your your kids and your family and how you um have raised them, I expect that they would be really uh, attending that to the dog a lot and diligent. Why do they want a dog? I don't know. And is it all five of them? It's all five of them. Well, the oldest one's like, eh, you know, doesn't really, he's ambivalent, but he's not like absolutely not. And again, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the lone veto. If we're taking a vote, probably like five. So Elizabeth, one. Elizabeth, so five, Elizabeth yes, wants one, a dog. No, one abstention. She can walk the dog. You, Elizabeth can walk the dog. I would say that so, somebody in my house who must not be named, who I might be married to, um, just likes to browse the adoption pages and says, oh, isn't this one cute? I'm like, yeah, it's cute, but my heart is not moved. You should start, like saying, yes. start with a mouse or start a rat. Start with a mouse. I've had, we've had in our house any, everything from mice to rats currently. Oh, yeah. Didn't Jossie want, did Jossie get the rat? Jossie, Jossie got the rats. We yeah, have two rats. Did she name it, uh, um, whatever, she t- whatever she said she was going to name it? Uh, I think it's Frank and Beans, but I oh, that's beans, so funny. right? Beans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should. I should know the other. Yeah, but we've had. We've so there's had a rat in your house right now. Two rats in my oh house my right God. now. How do you feel about that? Um, I'm okay with it. Is that, I, I like is that up to code, uh, Mr. Bedford, uh, <laughs> health Board of Health? No, it's, yeah, small, small rodents pass. Uh, <laughs> okay. Goats, you have, to, you have to, in chickens, too many chickens on, on your lawn, you need, you need to get a dispensation for. Uh, ramblers, that they're called, right? The ram- Are they called ramblers or What's something? that, the chickens? Things that ramble around. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We've had mice. We've had, we had a little pet spider, which Justin called Spidey, which lived in the, the window, the rearview mirror of my, of my car. We've had um, mollusks. What? Yeah, mollusks. We've had little turtles, baby turtles at the girls. There's, wait, you actually had a pet spider? Well, we had kept it or outside. Or it lived in the house? It lived in the, in the car for about six months, and we were very careful with it. Be kind to spiders. Yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll see about the dog. Uh, I'm still a no. Um, but no, I, I could be convinced. Dave. Yes. Um, you talked a little bit about things that bothered you at the gym. And I appreciated you know, holding the bench for 30, for, you know, I guess more than 10 seconds if you leave with a phone is, is sort of something that bothers you. What else bothers you, man? You got some pet peeves, I think. 
in general? Maybe with, like with, four, you know, a couple of pet peeves. I have like 50, so I'll choose mine judiciously. Well, well we can go back and forth. Um, there we go. That's fine. One thing that bothers me are cars or trucks or landscaping trucks or just trucks in general, construction trucks that park on just a, a double lane, a double striped two lane road mm-hmm. that you have to pass to go around by going to any other lane. I think that's uh, dangerous at times. And especially in our area, like in Lexington, there's a lot of them around and it, and it can create a little bit of a, a dangerous traffic pattern. I also, I also on, the, on the flip side, don't like when they park on the sidewalk because they can't be on the roads. So they park on the sidewalk. So if you're, if you're running or walking or walking to school as a kid, you ha- don't have a sidewalk to walk on. So you either have to go on a lawn if that's possible or go back on the road again. I'm not, I'm not crazy about that. Kind of like Lexington Frogger, like dodging the landscape trucks <laughs> as you're crossing the street. Um, no solution, though, I don't think. They're big trucks. Where are they going to go? In the driveways, you know? I think driveways, side streets. There are some trucks I see, and I, and I know some of the landscapers around that actually are really aware of this, and they do a great job of trying to get off the main road so they don't block the traffic. And is there a leaf blower ordinance in Lexington about when they can be used or they can't be used if they're gas-powered? Because there is in Brookline. You I know? think I I think that something like that, I I could be wrong. I should know this on the, being on the Board of Health because noise um, mm-hmm. pollution is a help is a health public health problem i think it's after seven i think that's like all those things are after seven i think didn't newton or brookline just ban them yeah i don't think they're not Completely? banned they're yeah, not yeah. banned in lexington okay wow uh pet peeves so you went first I'll, I'll do two it's a snake draft so i do one i'll do two uh things that bother me so um these both fall in the, in the grammar and syntax category so i'm really annoyed by people that use apostrophes wrong Oof. So if it's if you're talking about not not, you know, not, not air quotes, no quotes are different. I'm talking about apostrophes. So quotes know, are just hey, are just look, two apostrophes. It's uh, you know, um, on Sundays, you know, we go to Gillette and you apostrophe, like Sunday apostrophe s. Like no, you, the you, written. You, so there, that happens everywhere, and I just don't know why you can't figure out that if it doesn't belong to you, don't use the apostrophe. So the rogue apostrophes. Uh, drive me crazy because I'm allowed. And you to see that all the time, everywhere, now. everywhere. But, Can but I ask a question about you that? You may, yeah. Can you correct the rogue apostrophe in Veterans Day? Should it be there? Can we correct it globally? Is well, that, I mean, is that I, I don't be our know. mission? You, What's the official address rule on that? Is it, it, is it the day it belongs to a veteran? Is it they belong to all veterans, or is it just like the Day of Veterans? You know? I, so I don't I'm going to Google that right so now. You do that as I also in my, as I name my second one, which is the uh, the serial comma or the Oxford comma. Ooh, so if you have well, a list down. of three items, I just don't know how you do what the AP says, which is don't use the serial comma, don't use the Oxford comma. Uh, always use that comma on a list. It makes things a lot more clear. And I just I fundamentally can't see eye to eye with people say, yeah, don't use it. Uh, and this is a great. You know, first world, you know, privileged uh, Twitter debate that you have. Oh, Oxford comma, yes, and people get really upset about it. I'm just, I'm so pro Oxford comma that it hurts. So, what's the ruling on Veterans Day, Jules? Yes. Um, according to Wikipedia, there is no comma. All right, so it's Veterans Day. No, no apostrophe. I didn't yeah. think there was. Then they're probably the same for President's Day, right? Let me look. Okay, but just, just like the the apostropheing of, of days of the week. And like, oh, it's the Broskulls. Like, there's no apostrophe unless something we unless we're possessing something. It isn't that hard, people. Like, it's the Broskulls' dog. 
It's in so which cute. case, there would be an apostrophe. Ross goes, I'm possessing everything. All right, so Dave now. hates landscaping trucks that are parked on the side of the road you know double parked. I don't like rogue apostrophes well, well, in Oxford commas. You're going down the... the um, I got more real-world examples. Yeah, the, but the but the uh, written expression route, I'm going to st- stick with my on-the-road I'm going to come back to that one in a second. You go next. Uh, the uh, people who don't turn down off their high beams... Uh, frustrates me, and a, a lot of cars now have, I think, halogen lamps or a stronger yeah, lamp, yeah. so they seem like the high beams, but they, but they, but they, they're not turning off the high beams, and that frustrates me. It's um, to me like driving 101. Yeah, and that's but that's something. That, I mean, that's something which you can just forget. I feel. Wow. Well, like if you flick them on and you just don't remember they're on, I think it's easy to say, oh, like. Yeah, but how often? Like if, if you don't, like, I think you might say like if you don't use your blinker, like that's intentional. But you can certainly. That's leave my your next pet. I, I thought so. But if you leave your high beams on, then I'm, I can forgive. Yeah, a but how? Bit, you know? Yeah, but unless you're driving on a back road somewhere, like I grew up in Maine. How often in Bedford, Lexington, do you need your high beams on? Really, you know, you're coming around a corner, you know, with an approaching car all the time, and you have to turn your high beams off anyways. Unless it's a really dark night, I think that your high beams. I, I, I don't use them that often. And and Dave says, and, and I don't do need away to. with high beams. All right, that's I don't cool. need to because everybody else has the high beams on. I don't need my <laughs> high beams. Um, so high beam. Uh, so high beam slash. You got to use your blink. You, so you always use your turn signal, Dave. I I I remember. I always use my turn signal, even when I'm turning into a. Well, actually, not a parking space, but when I. But when. But any any it might be a little superstitious, but any time I take a turn, I use my parking my my parking, not my 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 blinker. Um, I think that you shouldn't have to rely on someone else using theirs. You have to. You can't assume what they're going to do, but it sure helps either putting it on or turning it off. When you, you're know, not you know using who it. doesn't use your blinker? It doesn't use my blinker. You know who doesn't use their blinker? Who doesn't? Who doesn't it's use their usually blinker? me? Um, so, yeah. No, I'm, almost never. I'm sorry. I mean, gonna have the highway probably. Why not? I just don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, why is it, Why is it there? Uh, to be used for others. For it's others. For others. <laughs> for others who use your car. <laughs> um, I would say traffic bothers me. You know, conceptually. Traffic bothers you. I really hate traffic. That's why I don't like That's driving. a pet peeve? Traffic? I how, think can that, how can that be a pet peeve? Traffic. Traffic annoys me. Um, I also have a problem, and this is just rude, and I know it's it's not nice, <laughs> so I apologize. But you know, there, are, there are intersections when I feel like you should probably use the walk signal most of the time. There are those intersections. Okay. There are those intersections when I just feel like if you're an able-bodied adult of functioning age let's say 18 to 30 you can just 40, run across without using and it. you know no one's there you can probably use the intersection without the walk signal and you know i appreciate pedestrian safety and this is insensitive but i just like i don't like waiting that extra 30 seconds so you if, mean if you're, you're talking like, about when you or, want to cross or, which also happens frequently is someone pushes the walk and looks around and says oh i'm just gonna go now and therefore, they've you know irked me even more. So that's you know not an entirely appropriate pet peeve, but it bothers me. So sorry. I think pet peeves are something that somebody can control, right, and not do, like blinkers, like high beams. I'm using mine. Yeah. I don't think traffic is a pet peeve. What? How can you? How- I think textbook. It's a textbook pet peeve. Well, who can control that? Pet peeves are things that just bother you irrationally, irrationally, right? So traffic bothers me. The same way that people that uh, talk loudly. Kind of bother me. I think your pet peeve mm-hmm. bother your pet peeve is beginning to bother me. I feel like that's <laughs> true. You know what? <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Loud talkers, soft talkers, close talkers. Just loud talkers. I think we should cut this table in half so we can actually get a little closer. <laughs> <laughs> Our mics could touch. Dan, can I circle back to you about President's, uh, President's Day? Day? I'm ready. Pres- According to Wikipedia, President's Day does have an apostrophe. What? 
but veterans did not. Now, that's just one source. We need to do some more deep investigation about this apostrophe situation. Wow. But Valentine's Day, I would say it does, because it is the day of St. Valentine, right? So I feel like there should be an apostrophe in there. Looking it up. When, maybe there were two St. Valentines. April Fool's Day. Yes, Valentine's is apostrophe. April Fool's. Hold on, please. I feel like there should be an apostrophe there also. It's a date that belongs to the Fools of April. Hold on, please. Who are the Fools of April? What are you saying? French Day of French Part 2? Uh, Le Jour de Poisson, no. the Day of the Fish. Yes, April Fools also has an apology. Apology. So, a- <laughs> a- a- <laughs> Thank you. I'm so sorry. Apostrophe. <laughs> so Veterans is the one that is uh, breaking the apostrophe rule. Well, as we've discussed before, the internet never lies. So Correct. Wikipedia has an erroneous report somewhere, or uh, um, we'll have to figure out why that is. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. Anything else irking you, Dave, irrationally? Currently, no. <laughs> That's about it. Just, just my all, comment about uh, about I'm, pet peeves. I'm, I'm all drained about about my um about your pet peeves. Oh, here's a pet peeve for you. You know when you go to a party or you're getting like breakfast at work, um, and there's a fruit platter. Yes. Are you? I, I'm I'm a I'm a real. I'm, I know what you're gonna I'm say. I'm pro fruit. Yeah. I'm really, I love all fruit. So you like the fruit platters? So, I mean, I will, I will go deep on all kinds of fruit. I'll go deep on the strawberries and the blueberries. I love when the mango is on top. You know, it's really the mango. How do you go, really yes, good. and the whole food. So just describe me ball. how you're actually going deep on the fruit platter. Like, are you like, are you like, you know, are you box people out? Are you, are you so I'll probably grab, it in I'll there? grab the mango first because there's not much there because it's the most expensive ingredient. I want to get the mango, especially if it's So ripe. where's the pet peeve here? I'm getting to it. I'm so, waiting for so it. Julie thinks, so Julie, what do you think my pet peeve is about fruit platters? I think when people go in it, with their fingers oh. instead of a proper serving tool. And that's then it gets germy. So that's, that's a great speculation. It wasn't, wasn't what I was thinking, though. Okay. But I appreciate that that could be gross. May I take another guess? Hold on, Dave. you have a guess? What's my fruit, fruit platter pet peeve? Is that people eat all the chocolate-covered strawberries. Well, that's sort of the, the fondue, you know, bar mitzvah party, wedding, reception, you know, bonus. I wasn't thinking about that. Julie, you guessed them? Well, you mentioned that you like the expensive fruit. Is it when there is too much of the inexpensive, um, unappealing fruits to most people, which is the melon? Yeah, so here we go. This is exactly the problem with fruit platters. When they just go like 80% honeydew and like not the sweet. The green stuff? Not the sweet green, right, but like the white, <laughs> bitter, who's, you know. Who's giving you fruit I'm platters? I'm going to cut up the honeydew and, and it's leave hard. it there and it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> you have the one little soft section <laughs> like. Like, get that fruit platter out of here. Like Give me the mango. I'll pay the extra buck per pound exactly. for the strawberries and the mangoes and the pineapples without the honeydew. That's just a difference. Give me, so that really bothers just me. Just give yeah. me the watermelon rind, and I'll just chew on no, that the, for the, a while. The, the, the unripe honeydew, like, section towards the towards the, the surface. bottom, yeah. It's just, what are we doing? Yep. It's like having cucumber. That's where it's worth it to spend more money. Well, my, so, you know, well, that, well, that, uh, that's, that's a ridiculous pet peeve from fruit platters. On right? that note, like, I thought you were going to go, when, I, when we, I was a resident in the hospitals, we often get gifts around the holiday season and they leave it at the nurse's station and there was always that big bowl of M&M's that would be out there and everybody would just kind of walk yeah. by dip their hands oh. in some M&M's oh. and keep on moving and I thought that was a little bit uh, not hygienic but that I mean that's all that stuff still happens true that's, that's, and that, somehow we're still here we are still here and that's why that so, keeps and, us busy and, and, here, and again Dr. Dave um, some people are really germaphobic Mm-hmm. I mean, we are, we live in the age of of, of of kids with the hand sanitizers on their mm. backpacks, right? Because mm. we're just so afraid. So I just kind of go through life, for better or for worse, not afraid of germs. 
Some people are. That's why we're friends. Sure. Right. We just, <laughs> anyway, um, some parents uh, and, and kids have been raised to be just completely germaphobic. Is one better? Is there a balance? Can you be too germaphobic and have your hands too sanitized? Should we be more cautious than we are if we're not being cautious? You know, what do you, th what, what's, what's the, what's the medical verdict? The medical, yeah. Or the Dave Geller Dave medical Gell verdict. Dr. Dave Geller verdict. recommendation, which I, we will not hold you accountable for after the podcast. I, I would respect anybody's feelings on germs and, and how clean they want to be. And, and there's a, probably a spectrum of um, being too carefree and way too cautious. Um, there is good data saying that Exposure to germs and you know viruses over time in general does does actually help our immune system. Mm -hmm. I think if you're we're totally unexposed to any, anything, as we all know, that could lead to bad things. Uh, kids who are exposed to illnesses younger, you know, common colds, viruses, yep. whether it's through you know home daycare, large daycare, probably have less infections when they get older. So I think that th th there's a balance. I, I think that you know there's always the worry of creating super germs by different ways whether it's antibiotic usage or even hand sanitizer um there's some everything evolving research on that so i think that i think a middle ground's okay but again i i respect some people i i, I respect people who have those concerns but i think there's again you got there's like moderation is the key i think all right i appreciate that i was hoping that's what you would say um all right dave I don't have a Florida man thing for you this week, uh, but I got something else. What do you got? All right. So this is the strange, strange thing I've learned about this week um, that happened. So, Julie, breaking news. Yes. Um, out of Great Britain. A new world record was set. The world record was set for the most number of Brussels sprouts consumed in one minute. Ooh, how are they and, prepared? Uh, well, I didn't get that deep <laughs> Garlic and butter I'll would have broken the record. The, the winner, his name is Wayne Sherlock, because that's just a great name. Mm -hmm. um, how, how, here we go. How many Brussels sprouts did he eat in 60 seconds? First of all, you had to speculate. before Julie answers, I, I, that's a great vegetable. And oh those are God. easy to keep on popping. I could. Uh, so I feel strongly whatever. the opposite camp. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love them. You too. love the fruit. You don't like the veggies. I don't like the smell of the Brussels so it, sprouts. So if I you, don't like the taste of the Brussels so sprouts. So if you got a veggie platter for the holidays, would you just would you be busting on the celery or you know the, the lame vegetables? You would be avoiding. Well, the, all right, no, that's not. I'm a huge, <laughs> huge vegetable fan, and you will not see Brussels sprouts on the. That's one of my pet peeves. One of my pet platter. You want more vegetables? No, they have more Brussels vegetable platters. You know, there was in my office for the holidays. Less M and M's, more veggie platters. Well, I, Julie I did and not I were say at that. a party the other week together when that's there's right. a nice vegetable platter. Which, there was, which I think we actually made with you know a good collection of uh, you know got some cucumber, oh, you got made some that one? The, multicolored the, the, peppers, the carrots, the, the celery. Wait, the warm veggie carousel? Ca casserole? No, like there's the platter of the, the cut of vegetable. The oh, yeah, yeah, that was nice. Yeah. So love, but you would never see Brussels sprouts, Dave Geller, on it. I once I once went to your house and saw like a vegetable man like you yeah. that you created. I remember walking into my house. I'm like, who in the world broke into my house and left a vegetable man on my kitchen table? Oh, Eggplant, maybe it was Dave Geller. Carrots went a long way. Anyways, uh, I have Julie. that picture. So what's the answer? No, the world record was set. For a minute? By Wayne Sherlock, who consumed X number of Brussels sprouts in 60 seconds. What do you think? The, uh, and they're, I, that, they're, is this is a Brussels sprout. They're is dense. It, are they raw? Are they cooked? I think, you know, I didn't get that deep on it. Okay. Good questions. Well, I'm going to just it, say. It, uh, let's say they was the easiest possible, easiest possible consumable version of Brussels sprouts. Were they pureed? 
And this is in they 60, were not pureed. This is in sixty seconds. Sixty seconds, one minute. Because if they're marinated and sliced, you could down those. You could down a lot overthinking, of overthinking. Overthinking. I just want the I'm number. I just want the number. Two hundred. Two hundred Brussels. That's three per second. Oh wow. Oh, I was, was going to say a hundred. I, I was going to say a thousand. I wasn't going to break this down. You were going to say a thousand. A thousand with Brussels a straight Brussels. face. <laughs> I, I'm not smiling. Okay, the Sounds like is, I am. Okay, Wayne Sherlock, thirty-eight, was named the champion at the World Brussels Sprouts Eating. Contest the at world. the Crown Inn Pub in Fingalsham, where he ate 33 Brussels sprouts in one minute, two more than the 31 down by current world record holder Linus Urbanek in 2008. So congratulations, Wayne Sherlock, mm-hmm. the king of the Brussels sprout. I'm sorry. They must be eating he has to work, ecosystem. He has to work on his technique. That's and crazy. They must have been whole and uncooked. I think maybe they were softer and cooked so they could be chewed better because when they're raw, they're I mean, they're thick. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I listened to the, the podcast with, he was with, gnawing with at Kobayashi, it. the guy who ate the, the, the hot, hot dogs. dogs, and I'm just like, understand the science behind how we oh, got yeah. to the point. I mean, I, mean, I want, ugh. So I'm not, I mean, I'm not a binge eater. I know Dave has been known to eat lots of things in one sitting. Famously, I went, I, uh, I, you want to talk about that for a second? No. Well, which one? I mean, <laughs> the, the, the one, uh, how do I say this? The one that's not possible? What, the hamburger hot dog? Oh, the, oh, the impossible <laughs> burger? No. No, when I was younger, I at one, at one sitting at a uh, cookout, I ate eight hamburgers and oh. nine hot dogs all with buns in the course of an hour and maybe I want to have Oh my I, god, were you What are you doing? I just why? I, I, said, <laughs> I like to eat actually. Were you dared? I know were I like you? I enjoy oh. eating. Okay. Um, that's why I enjoy exercising as well. I And then I, if the dojo broke the wall cuz I, I, <laughs> I, I was like where's my ghee? Um no, I just and when I was in college, I mean, eating a whole one or two large pizzas was not unheard of for me. That's well, in easy. college you could do anything because your body is forgiving. Me, like, not you. But but oh, the Impossible Burgers, yeah. Don't don't eat nine Impossible Burgers in one sitting. You did nine? I thought it was six. They were six. This, the six and the nine they get confused with me. They're, they're upside down. Then that was not when you were a kid. That was like that was like a month, month ago. Okay, so that's a little concerning. Well, speaking of all Impossible Burgers, you know, this healthy alternative, right? They're actually not that healthy, especially with the sodium content in them. Have they pack in like 30% of your radio, your daily thing for They're for delicious. They're delicious. But, you know, pro tip, if I can borrow your phrase, which you created. Um, not created. Fun fact. <laughs> Fun don't, pro tip is good. Use don't it. mix impossible burger meat with onion soup mix. That only increases the salt load. Wait a minute. So you had raw no, impossible no, no. burger, like stuff, not raw, but like, and then you threw in the onion soup and then you grilled it? Yeah, no, Jen did that, yes. Oh my God. Yes, I, uh, and then I had to go make sure I had an insurance policy. Have you in checked my life. your arteries recently? Yeah. <laughs> like my head was going to explode. My blood pressure was like two thousand over forty-seven thousand. You're like sweating oh just sitting there. Oh my god! Now all the salt is coming. <laughs> what? I'm like a salt lamp. I'm a human salt lamp. <laughs> Light me up. Well, I mean, I mean, the salt thing, in Dave, and I think this, you know, you know, talking about nutritional trends and things that we all thought were true and then weren't true. I mean, salt. When I grew up, you know, was w- wasn't even around. No, it was around, but like there was so much concern about salt yeah. and. Can't have too much, can't have too much because of blood pressure and hypertension, heart disease. And then, you know, some people might say to you now that actually, well, the, the sugar is way worse than the salt. And the companies paid for you to say that salt was better than sugar. And now sugar is the enemy. And salt, as long as you have, you know, you use it and you're cooking it on your own, it's fine. So does that make sense to you? Is salt just okay? Or we, should, we shouldn't be as concerned about it? Or is that beyond your... Uh, 
dietary nutritional expertise. No, I, th- I think we moderation again. I think too much salt isn't good, but salt is okay. It's, How about is is some sugar okay? Some is sugar, all sugar some, bad? You know, some you know some sugar is totally fine. It's just again moderation. And I think that especially with the young kids, I, I you know dessert can be part of the meal, just not the whole meal, and um, you know the majority of what you what you take in. You know, when we were younger too, like eggs were bad, but now they say yeah, eggs one two a day are fine, really. Uh, so yeah. So what do we know about nutrition? I feel like it changes every two seconds. It's it, the, really? you know, wait for it; it will change. And, wait for um, ooh, I like that. No, it's ooh, it's actually wait for it, it will it's actually change. really interesting when you think about nutrition and you think about what we here we go what we know what we actually don't know what we're learning and when will we when when will we know? Uh, and that's and that's what we have in our society with nutrition with exercise. I mean, how how far has exercise come now? You know, in terms of what people do again they're saying that you know it's it's as good to do high intensity workout 20 minutes a day i think roughly maybe 10 minutes even versus running you know doing aerobic activity 30 minutes seven days a week yeah, do you, you agree know? with that um i don't know if i disagree i think that it's it's actually a great thing to be aware of that it's really not it's, uh, it's really not what you do. It's maybe how you do it, you know? So we're talking about, like Dan's talking about, you know, running every day. And, you know, when I would run and just want to get out there to do it, I'd call them junk miles, just, just to go out there and move my feet. But I, pro- you know, to, for 30 minutes. And I, I probably would have, I probably would have had better benefit if I actually jogged in place for 10 minutes quickly and got up a sweat. That would have been as beneficial, if not better, than going for a 30 minute, you know, hmm. 12 mile an hour run. So, well, I mean, I would say it's, it's part of the, the picture of, 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 Things you also don't anticipate, like the people who I think it's in Japan or in Korea, where they just they say, you know, I'm going to prescribe for you a 30 minute walk in the woods hmm. because being in nature, yeah. you just measure the impact on your wellness and your brain and your and your blood pressure. So you could run in place. Would it be better just to go outside and be in the woods when, when I'm running in in the woods versus the street? I just feel better in the woods because I feel just sure. different. And Cleanse. so there, there's. Again, you, you, what do we know? Like we are, it, it could be all these things. Know? There's not one right answer, Dave. Let's dabble in everything. Let's run everywhere. Work on the stuff in the house. Go out and do it in, in, in nature or whatever it is. Um, but I love it. Wait wait for it. It will change. That's a great, no, it's a great comment. I think in, in all realms, right, in medicine and education and exercise and diet and all the stuff. I think, we, I think uh, if I may ask a question, I think your audience would like to know. Because this is your second podcast and you've talked about that you both love to work out. What are your routines what do you guys do and how often do you work out so uh you know i'll go first because i don't know um so i run every day wow as a matter of of just habit i need to or i go crazy um you know 30 60 90 minutes depending usually in the morning um i I try to go to the gym a lot you know some weeks that's one some weeks in like vacation i go four or five times for an hour an hour and a half just doing different areas of my body and and uh that's fine i do yoga every now and again i do planks every now and again um play softball spring summer used to play more soccer i don't know i just mm. like being out there i like i like moving so that's impressive every morning like 6 a.m no well it, 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 no this year it's different because you know my, my new job so what happens this year most days is that i'll put everyone on the bus get them out of the house by 8 45 and then i'll run for 30 45 minutes an hour and then go to work at 10. that's great you know weekends i'll see when it makes sense um but you know, you know previous 15 years i'd run you know either early early or, or at lunch or at night or whenever there was time um but now it just kind of fits my schedule better which is great because i like getting the run out of the way early 
And how do you feel if, I don't, if, if I don't you run early? Then I just I'm grumpy about like when am I going to run for the rest of the day? I was going to say, how do you feel if you don't delay run? it or skip? Uh, bad. Okay. Just <laughs> <laughs> bad. And everyone knows, like, oh, Dan's grumpy. He hasn't run yet. Okay, sorry. Everyone okay. knows Dan's grumpy. His kids just ask him for a dog. Yeah, right. Well, I just blow him off. Like, nope. I'm going to go for a run. Why, but why, go for a run. Why, yeah, David, what do you do? So I love the gym, and I used to go to the gym a lot when I was in college, high school and college, and after college. And I, I would actually spend actually seven days a week at the gym. Somebody would do twice a day workouts. Um, I miss those days, dude. Those are great days. Yeah. But as I got older and I really couldn't maintain that, I started running. I started running late in life. You know, I, I, pl- I played sports my whole life, but I didn't really run. I didn't like to run, but I started running. And so now I'm actually focused more on running. Um, I was running every day for a while with Mr. Brosgo here. Um, now I do a lot of, just try to stay aerobic activity every day, with the, whether it's elliptical, whether it's a run, whether for a while it was a, just a stationary bike, just to minimum 30 minutes, maybe 40, maybe longer. And then now I'm and I'm back to the gym maybe like two three times a week. But I try to exercise every day. And I'm I'm with Dan. Um, I mean, he says something that's pretty powerful. It's 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 not just not the exercise what it does for your body, but it's what it does for your mind. And I really enjoy it. Um, I mm. wish I could work out every day, which I try to do. Mm. Uh, and I think it's also it, for me, it's probably a little bit of an obsession too. It's you know, twofold is one. It makes me feel good, and I feel like I have the need to do it. And, and, and I wasn't joking about jogging in place for 20 minutes because I could see myself sometimes if I couldn't go for a run. I got to get that. I mean, Dan and I have run where, where we have to run till we touch that sign or we have to run till we hit that 30-minute mark, even if it's just mm. running around in a circle. Yep. Um, That's impressive, and, both of you. And and the other thing, too, is for my health. Like, like um, I come from a little family history of heart disease, and I think it's important to stay healthy, whether it's eating healthy, maybe not too many Impossible Burgers. Maybe um, a few fewer, yeah. And in exercising, it's a mix, you know, and sleeping and all that fun stuff. But, yeah, no, I try to exercise often. I mean, my best days. You know, in the summer, when I just feel like I'm a little bit less stressed and busy, maybe I go to the gym at 5 or 5.30 a lot. And I love those days. In the winter, it's harder for me to go early. Um, I love getting up, going to the gym at sunrise, good, in, good hour, because no one's there. Um, but my favorite, you know, favorite workout of the past few years was um, you know, last Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving in 2018. Um, it's a big bird that I had to put on at like 3.30 in the morning. I knew that once it went in, I wasn't going back to sleep. So I went to the gym at 4 a.m. Thanksgiving morning. Had the place to myself until 5.30. I was like, this is the best thing. Wow. Did you use all the equipment walking around? No, like I could save whatever I wanted. Exactly. I leave my phone around. It was fabulous. I really enjoyed that workout. And I like going to the gym with my son now, which is also wonderful because, um, you know, he's excited about it. And I'm, finally believes me that, you know, his conditioning will be helpful to him in all of his sports and activities. So, uh He's carrying, very pro on, carrying gym. on the tradition. That's very great. pro gym, really enjoying it. And um, as you know, my wife's also very active, and so is yours, Dave, you know, running and working out and playing soccer. So we believe in fitness for sure. Uh, speaking of fitness, just a comment. I, I watched an incredible, incredible movie this week. Um, last week I told you about that movie about the 3,000-mile marathon, which was incredible. Um, but I watched Free Solo uh, like this free, past week. Free, free Han Solo. Solo. Free Solo, you know what that is, Julie? It's when you're climbing mountains without anything. Right. Yep. And this guy yeah. who free soloed El Capitan in Yosemite, um, which nobody thought could be done. And if, and if you make a mistake, you die. And just an absolutely breathtaking, ridiculous film. I will, I will never be that guy that wants to take that kind of risk. But seeing him preparing for it, what he was going through, how we talked about it, how people felt about filming him do it, seeing him achieve it was 
uh, unbelievable. So it's on Nat Geo now in regular rotation. You can probably find it on the streaming service if you want to. But Free Solo was uh, an amazing movie, an incredible accomplishment, and I just admire people that um, are able to think about doing that because I could never think about. So doing he, that so he climbed, hand, hand climbed this mountain. In, it's not even. It's like it's just like a sheer granite wall, and we're talking like how, Mike, well, Mike how, how how high is it? A couple thousand feet. It took and, me four and hours. Someone's yeah. filming this. And a whole crew there filming. So him. if he didn't make it, it they would, would have filmed his death. Interesting. And they talked. They, they were talking with the crew about it because people die and do this all the time. Oh hmm. my god! So he's saying, I, I know twenty guys who've died hmm. doing this stuff. And he has a girlfriend, and she's talking about it. And he's talking hmm. about. And part of part of you has to be different to just be okay with it. Mm-hmm. And you know, he had a family history of sort of autism and Asperger's hmm. and like social awareness, which comes across in sort of his affect with his appreciation of how, how people are feeling about him doing it yep. and him rationalizing the impact it will have on others. So he's a complicated dude. The movie is unbelievable. Mm, um, I'll if add to my list. If you want to skip sort of the, all the interviewing and reflection pieces, which can get a little bit long, feel free, but just watching the climb and appreciating, you know, people who climb mountains are mm. in ridiculous shape, you know, and they're as fit as any other elite athletes in the world, uh, which I respect. And there's me and you that go to the gym. I have a tough time. Lexington, I, have, I have a tough time at the, on, at the rock wall at altitude. Yeah, I can't do that anything. Thing. Just waiting for the phone, the phone pit. I, I couldn't just, climb the rope in gym class in elementary school. You know what I mean? I couldn't do that to the first for the first knot. <laughs> I, I just picture people with one of those um, old time fire um, trampoline nets that were underneath him in case he fell off to catch him. That sounds that sounds kind of crazy. Did you see that one that, that was a few years back with the, with the I forget his name where he walked on a tight rope tight rope across oh the Grand Canyon yeah yeah I did see that but he could have fell at any moment right yeah I watched that it, I mean yeah I, I just don't I couldn't it's do crazy that, you know? I don't want to I'm not into risky things. So I was, you know, yeah. I mean, you ski though. I mean, skiing's a little inherently yeah, risky. I know? definitely don't take the risks I used to do when I was yeah. skiing. Um, I actually went when I was younger. We came down to Boston to see the Barnum and Bailey Circus, and there was uh, uh, some of those tightrope walkers, whatever. And someone was on a very, 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 very high podium doing something, and he actually fell off yeah. and did not make it. And, uh, Are you serious? Serious, yeah. And I remember yeah, driving oh. home listening to WBZ radio, you know, and they were reporting on this on this event that happened. And I, I was there, kind of sad. So, wow. got to be careful out there. Wow, depending on your career track. Um, yeah, I, I don't take risks. Uh, you take you take no risks. Uh, yeah, well, running at night, you might say is risky. Right. Uh, running every I'm day, pretty conservative. Do you, um, do you stretch out? Barely. There's your risk. There we go. So from injury prone. Um, Dave, just comment. Remember the time that you decided to buy a horse? I, I do remember. Dave, Dave I, Geller, Irrational Act of the Week. I do the time remember Dave that. just had to buy a horse. Just tells the short story about buying a horse. I was, I was actually not, I was not in favor of the horse initially, but <laughs> yeah, but the Jocelyn, the, our animal lover, right, who had the pet spider and the rats and now. The rat, right, and the current rat. The rats now <laughs> and the mollusks. Um, yeah, she she was riding for a little bit. She wasn't um, like a, a high level, but she just really enjoyed um, riding and being around the animals, which if you've ever been around a horse, I, I get it. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty uh, therapeutic. Great animal. Great. Um, yeah, she wanted to, she wanted uh, to ride, and there was a horse that came up for sale at the place where she rode. And looking at the numbers, Jen felt that the um, 
you know, buying a horse would be actually we break even in terms of the you know the, the lessons and the and, and versus leasing it and and that was kind of crazy to think about, but it, it made sense. And, and do you still own the horse? Or so we bought the horse. We bought the horse. It was a it was a great thing. I, I actually even toyed with I was gonna put a stable in my backyard. Maybe <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me at all. <laughs> but, but I, what would I do with the goats and the chickens, which I don't have? <laughs> um, but no, that was pretty cool. And actually going to the barn and, and watching her you know, take care of the horse and ride the horse and shovel the you know you know the you know what from the horse and it was all there's all good actually you know, we ended up selling it back but it was a great experience and, and i can appreciate um people do it although this was definitely fiscally i'd say as crazy as it sounds fiscally responsible it wasn't that expensive in the end well and once I, you're in the horse thing you might as well just do the horse thing in a way which makes sense for you yeah but you can you spend a lot of money on horses you know it's like it's like buying a car because you can need a car to drive around not to compare it to a horse versus buying like a lamborghini you know mm. um, and uh so the horse it wasn't that expensive but it was a it was for, for jocelyn too when you talk about exercise and how it makes you feel i mean she loved riding but mm-hmm. she loved like animals she loved everything about the horse so actually it was a win-win so uh, it was a great thing for her to do was, she actually could compete a little bit and emotionally it made her like sky high it was a great thing so this is a, a, a rational act that we support not the one last week when you almost got into a fight on the bike way so. oh the horses <laughs> that was again that was that, that was that was a controlled act of aggression controlled. Was, it's very different than rage no. <laughs> uh what else Dave? what else anything else we got for this week when you ask me about um, what are your plans? What are your plans for New Year's? Uh, not much. Make a turkey, hang out, watch television. Yeah. So a turkey is your go-to, go-to um, feast. Um, well, I think it'll probably just be us. So you know, turkeys are on sale this week for various reasons. We brought a couple for the freezer downstairs. So I got a, a little brisket in right now in their crock pot. I'm very pro crock pot. So it makes the house smell good. Turkey tomorrow. Made can, some bread today. You know, it's can you good. can you put a turkey in the crock pot? You probably could. If it's a small turkey, and these are not small turkeys, we got like a 15-pounder. So I think that even the biggest crock pot couldn't handle that. So sp- thinking of Impossible Burgers, right, this alternative <laughs> this alternative meat, they're working on alternative chicken and turkey and other – would you be inter- interested in that? Uh, uh, Say it l- sure, like a little. You know, have, you, have you had an Impossible Burger? I don't think that I have Cause, had an impossible Because just say it tasted just like a hamburger, which it does, if done correctly. I just think, you know, um, I'll give it a shot, as long as it's not loaded with sodium and, and onion soup mix. How does that sound? Have you had it? It sounds good. Have you had tofurkey? Uh, I have not. <laughs> so I was, when they come out with the, when the, with the, um, the vegetarian turkey... I will. I'll get you one, and you can stick it in your crock pot. In the vegetarian arena, I had a really good. Uh, it was a be good yesterday down by uh, MFA, and I had the um, the the chickpea burger. Be yeah, but that's sandwich. just a bunch of vegetables smashed together. Oh well, I thought it was really good. At least it's actually vegetables, <laughs> not lab, lab, lab grown meat. One, that's one of my pet peeves. What's better? One of my pet peeves. I love be good. Be good. It's pretty good. Be good I actually have never eaten at be good. Well, there you or go. Or Chipotle. Yeah. Wow. You wouldn't be able to live in my house. And I've never we, listened to the we, first podcast. We do a lot of both. Um, do you want to know what Taco Shuka is? Because you spotted that in the notes. Taco Shuka. So Taco Shuka. Just, I, Wait, I think, can, we, can we guess? Yeah, sure. Julie, what is Taco Shuka? Hmm. Topics we didn't get today. This is one of the things. Taco Shuka. I have no idea. I, th- I thought I actually was. It's, it's uh, one dinner that I made. I thought it was a meal. It was a meal from Be Good. Be Good and Chipotle yeah, combined. So I, I made tacos for the kids, and I made shakshuka for my wife and I. Um, you know what shakshuka is? I do, but explain. It's a it's a tomato, 
um, base sauce, you know, saucepan, tomato sauce, garlic, onion, vegetables, olives, throw the eggs in, poach the eggs on top. So there's like egg white and, and egg in the middle. It's a middle, middle Eastern delicacy. Put some spices on there. It's really, really good. Any salt? Um, <laughs> you can throw some salt on there. I do salt, turmeric, paprika, you know, cayenne pepper, and you know, regular spices. Have you, have you really ever good. used Mrs. Dash in any of your recipes? Uh, yeah, probably not. Have you ever used Mrs. Dash? Have you, Julie, have you? Isn't there a song, Mrs. Dash, Mrs. Dash? <laughs> that, that was a great advertising campaign. No, but when that came out back in the 80s, Mrs. Dash, that was like a boon again, for my father who loved his salt because he, he can now season his food healthily with Mrs. Dash. Well, it's like, it's like what was that, the, the, the Pam spray, right? The, oh, yeah. Which probably wasn't that good for you. Probably the Pam wasn't good for you because the chemicals exactly. are <laughs> Teflon. Yeah, right. Not, I mean, again. Wait for it. That's, exactly. That, that movie just came out. What was it? Um, uh, Dark Waters, right? The oh. one came out about the lawsuit against DuPont for all the stuff they put in the pans. and. Oh. Um, with Mark Ruffalo. It's just be a great movie. I've not seen it. Probably mm-hmm. won't see it. But um, uh, uh, still relevant and you know, on long lines of Aaron Brockovich and, and what's in the public health interests and uh, what our company is doing to try to uh, not care about us. So, yay, optimistic. Um, last thing, Dave, last thing. Uh, so the Red Sox trade Mookie Betts. Sure. No, Why not? No, 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 no. Why not? Uh, lo- long conversation. You know what? Bring, you know? bring, bring back Damon and, yeah, bring, and bring uh, back Gassi. Yeah, Noma. Love Noma. Bring back Jacoby. So, uh, not not ja- nah, Jacoby. I, th- so. I, I would bring back Noma. If, See, okay. Noma was cutting edge, though, because talking about, about exercise, like he was one of the first athletes that I knew of that would, was doing things outside the box. Like his his father, Roman, right? Was his father? Ramon. 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 Yeah. Um, would take would hit like baseballs to him on the driveway, taped up with electrical tape. So they, and they so they would take you know rogue bounces, and he would get used to that. Yeah. that was like you know that was like cutting edge. You know, that's just not taking your usual grounders. But no, I, bring back the old guys. You, you you want to bring back the steroid guys? I want to bring back uh, Bill people, Lee. People think that Nomar with his two percent body fat maybe have been doing some special sauce. I want to bring know. Bill Lee and Carlton Fisk. You know. Yeah, you want to bring back the days when the Red Sox never won anything. That's yeah, but they were fun to watch. Yeah, so just my fun. So when I grew up, like my peak development years, um, was Boston sports uh, desert diaspora. Right, nineteen eighty six, the Celtics won and beat the Rockets, and then fifteen years of misery. When everybody sucked and nobody won anything, and then all of a sudden, here we are again, 2001 with the Patriots to today. It's definitely still the golden age. So I survived the sports desert. And I remember all those guys, but they never won anything. Um, very famously, when Nomar, you know, ran to the stands, and and then, um, and or, or Nomar was hurt, and then Jeter ran into the stands, and mm. uh, uh, and then the, the trade of Nomar, which perhaps led to the Red Sox winning in 2004, which, um, you know. Maybe change the course of history for the Red Sox in a positive way. So Mookie, you know, if you want to read an eight-page article about why it makes sense for the Red Sox to trade him financially, how they might save a half a billion dollars, um, I'll just say to you, they probably already have enough money, and they just might want to keep the best homegrown player in, uh, in a couple of years here for the for the Sox. But um, that would be not, not looking good for the Sox in 2020. But you have season tickets, right? You'll be going to much of those games. I don't. So you, you I share. D- I you share, share some. Yeah. Actually, I might. I might be passing on those oh, this wow. year. Yeah. Not. Yeah. It's. Uh, well, they're not. They're not cheap, and they won't be that good. So, what's the uh, what's the value proposition it's, it's, there, right? It's funny though, because if you go back, stick to nineteen. What, what year was that? Two thousand four. Those. But those, those, pre those those times, I mean, season tickets were. I mean, you would do anything to get those. Not you know, just at this this point of our my life, you know, like um. It's just a different. Oh, well, different. you know, the the curse of winning is it just doesn't feel like it's that important anymore. I I suggest to you if the Red Sox still hunt won a World Series, you'd never get rid of those tickets. Hundred percent, right? So 100%. I just remember I remember in 03 and 04, um, 
we, had, we were living in Arlington. I just remember like when October hit and the Red Sox were playing, the only thing that mattered in the world was, you know, getting the paper, reading the sports, drinking some coffee, and like getting ready for the Red Sox game because they actually had to win. Exactly. Um, and uh, as crushing as 03 was, I just remember 04. So finally, I remember waking up my baby son um, and, and showing him the last out in St. Louis. And, uh, and that was pretty awesome. Was so, that Baby that, James? That was Baby James. Baby James. His little bassinet. One year, one year little, and change. Little bonnet. Consequently, I remember in, in the previous year when he was brand new and. Um, he was brand when new. He was, when he was two months old. He three, was so shiny. When he was two and a half months old, and the Red Sox lost to the Yankees when they let, when Grady Little left in Pedro. I just remember getting so angry that I turned off the game after it was tied because I knew it wasn't going to work out. I just shaved my head in anger. And then I'm like, you know what? Forget this. Uh, and then they lost. But luckily, I wasn't watching it live. So there we go. You rewind. You shaved your head in anger. I shaved my head in anger. As a statement to the world. Just I was pissed. You know, I didn't want to see. I, how dare we throw it away? Maybe this will never happen again. And luckily, like the next year. What number? What changed. number blade did you use? You write down to the. Oh, I did the zero. Really? Yeah. So I used to shave my head every week, as as, as you may know. So I, I shave, I I shave know it that. once a week. Oh, and so then when I was living in Israel, I would shave it actually down to the scalp once a week with a with a razor. Really? I don't even know why. Shaving then, cream. Shaving cream or dry. Uh, like soap, no soap, like soap, yeah. and then I think it was Thanksgiving of eighteen or seventeen. I let my hair get kind of long, and um, we had some over, and she's like, "Oh, your hair looks good." I'm like, "Oh, well, maybe I'll let it go a little bit longer." And now I'm like, "Why did I shave my head every week for you know fifteen years, twenty years?" Um, as my wife always says, my mom used to say, "You know, you'd look better with long hair," and they were both right. So there we go. I'm staying here right now, and I don't disagree. To have some, just have some fun with it. There we go. So uh, that's a wrap on 2019. I think we'll see everyone back here in 2020. I want to say Happy New Year, Dave, to you. Happy New Year to producer Julie. It was summer around. And, um, and then we'll see how things are going next time. All right. Happy New Year to everyone. And see you on the flip side. Bye-bye.